So in a retreat and in life in general, you know, how do we keep going? How do we sustain authenticity? You know, feeling of being with and purposeful. Purpose that isn't too goal-oriented or too, I've got to have this, I've got to make that, but just a sense of meaning and purpose of purification, purpose of meeting conditions that arise and understanding the power of the asava, the outflows, becoming, the personal urges, the uh, perceptions that arise, these reflex occurrences that happen for us, we feel shut down or pushed forward or spun round or ground's not steady or you know, where am I supposed to be, where am I supposed to be? where's the future, where am I going, you know, and the energy don't feel steady, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> and this is this is the territory you meet in karmic field territory you meet, your territory that you have to move through rather than away from. It's called the real world. And people think the real world is, you know, out there, you know, world of politics and economics and sport and geography. (laughs) <laughs> how real is that the real world is the one you wake up with and live with breathe in and out is filling your heart with its conflicting currents karmic field things we've inherited habits, perceptions we acquired or believed in or got stuck with and, and also the urge to create more of it let me create a nice place where I can be where I want it to be create another world well, this is very obvious how do we how do we move through this territory realising really there isn't another world you know, there's this world you're in, and the other world is not, you know, it's the release from that. Mm. Otherwise it's just the same thing with different wallpaper, different furnishings, with the same person at the centre of it. And it's releasing the person from the world, rather than, you know, Polishing the world is is the project, which makes it kind of simple but pretty taxing. And you know, not really, the world of oh, well, okay, what does that mean? I mean, you know, people, situations, obligations, uh, changes of temperature, things being favourable, things being unfavourable, smoothly snarled up. You know, understandings, misunderstandings. You know, get all that cleared up. Mm-hmm. 
you know, when you get it, I'll have one of those. But perhaps more immediately is to release the person, jitta, if you like, from the person who's embedded in that. This is to do with uh, volition, is a big part of that. Chaitana, bhikkhu, aham is, is, is karma. Chaitana, volition is karma. Impulse energy, this is the, is the agent that generates the world, moves us in, in cages. And uh, so, wish to be, to have, to make, to get rid of. Just moderating that point, pause. This is mean you can't do anything anymore. Really. It means that that has to be carefully moderated because there are different kinds of it. Yeah. And clearly, the Buddha was someone who had a considerable amount of volition to do things, to teach, to help, to move around, to set up structures for practice. So it wasn't that he didn't have any, but perhaps he didn't have a person sitting behind it. This is just the why wisdom responding, wisdom compassion responding to uh, not to an inner person but to a, a situation. Buddha knows the world. So, very simply speaking, if we, as a general measure, you know. You contemplate what's the world you're in, and there are several of them. You can, you know, if you open your eyes, you're in a building, room, people. Okay, how do I moderate according to that? You know, what, what's the proper intention according to that? Room full of people, sitting quietly, still. The first thing is I'm aware of it. I'm part of that. Whole picture, I'm part of that. It's a sense of harmony. Since I'm part of it, I'm in it. Best thing to stop suffering is to be in harmony with it rather than conflict with it. What's needed for that to happen? You sit there, general, finding that place. There's generally some quality of goodwill arises. At least bad will doesn't arise. <laughs> That's not going to do it, is it? Um, ill will can be anything from dislike to mistrust to fear to feeling lessened, belittled. You know, I don't count. That's ill will. You know, I'm the worst person here. That's ill will. I'm not welcome. That's ill will. So the harm is very deep. 
just you really flush out these strands of ill will that can be accumulated through past karma, where you weren't welcome, indeed, where you were subject to various kinds of abuse or so on. The goodwill or the non-ill will, the abolition of ill, abolition of these forms of ill will, is very thorough. So in the in the chart we have, it's called here, there, everywhere. We translate it to others as to myself, which isn't exactly what it says, but it's not bad. The general phrase is just like the thorough flushing out of the whole field of experience, including the perceptions in the mind. You know, feeling inadequate, uh, all that sort of stuff. That's your will. It's not good will, is it? <laughs> and you can find that quality of ill will can be buried under, you know, sort of suppression of oneself, or suppression of one's behaviour, feeling nervous, feeling self-conscious. You know, this kind of thing. You can go quite deep, something wrong with you. So, and this is a reflex, it's not a wise assessment, it's a reflex flash that happens, self conscious. With a tinge of this, you know, good enough in it. This is quite normal because, of course, in many uh, group situations, there is a lot of competition. Who's top? Who's best? Do you fit in? Otherwise, you'll be thrown out. And yeah, you know, you can read that in Sankar life too. There's a possibility to experience that. I can understand that. But even if, even if that is the case, do you need to keep that message running to yourself? As the Buddha said, we live happily amongst those who dislike us. So even if people don't like you, you know, is it absolutely necessary that you take that as a truth and Printing on your own heart, you are unlikable, there's something wrong with you. Or could it be that they don't, at this time, they don't really understand me, or, you know, they're in a difficult position. Who knows? But why don't we take the worst possibility and believe it? This isn't a decision, it's a reflex. To take the worst option, jump on it, the worst option, something wrong with me. And then, of course, once you get that, you can add the statistics. I'm the odd one out because I'm whatever, you know. There's always something different about any one of us. Therefore, I don't fit. Yeah, but none of us fit. We're all the odd one out on one level. You're either bigger or smaller or, you know. So, 
it's that reflex of oddness, not fitting, not comfortable, not, you know, got to be more than I am in order to be okay. Therefore, I better do something really strong to make sure I'll be okay and good enough. You know, and that sort of sits somewhere under the back of the mind pushing it to achieve something to be okay because you're not okay. This is your will. And it's not a decision. It's a reflex. So with that we get the current of Baba. I want to become something that is good enough. I'll be Baba. I want to get out of here. I want to get up somewhere where I won't be judged, seen, known, measured, feeling inadequate. Go somewhere else. Be Baba. Get out. And one can spend a life or considerable amount of time following those currents. And sure, there's room to move, but you want to move on the ground of ill will. Once you've located that creature, the inner critic, once you've located that creature, do you want to follow their orders and their perceptions? Whether anybody else likes, wants, approves of you or not, that's their business, isn't it? Do you want to follow that negativity in your, in your mind? To run away, to get out, to make something else. So what's that volition based upon? Survival. Get me out of here, somewhere I can be more. That's reasonable enough, it seems to me, on level. But it doesn't work because we're still taking the same paradigm wherever we go. I spent years doing this. This is a get somewhere for the one I get out. Travelling, get somewhere, get out. That to me was the joy called freedom. I could get out. I could, you know, live six months somewhere and then get out. Three months, get out. It got down to the point where it's like a week and I can get out. (laughs) Something says, you need to stop getting out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, monastery, which basically said, you, you know, when you want to go, that's fine. Stay for a week, ten days, that's fine. They weren't knocking the door. But it was a feeling, something, the heart says, no, stop, stop. No, stop, it's penetrating. Yeah. And still, I get those quite a lot of times out of it. Stand another day of this. 
sitting in my little cootie on my own, nobody to talk to. Day in, day out, nothing to do. Yeah. No friends. Alone. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. Feeling hot, sweating, sitting here trying to control my mind. How do I get out of this? How long am I going to stand in this for? Uh, and that feeling of imprisoned sit, sit in that prison state uh, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out <laughs> it's a little message, you know you can do that ah, oh, yeah and just steady. Mm. And there was this kind of interest in that people wanted to be, become a bhikkhu. I wasn't particularly driven to it because to me it was another lock. And really I did it because a lot of other people wanted it. I felt grateful. My mind widened to the sense of the whole community. And they said it was the these all these um, lay Upasika female uh, supporters of the monastery were very keen to sponsor a monk. And I felt very moved by them, their dedication, commitment, generosity, and they come and meditate, keep precepts, and I thought, you know, make them happy, I'll, I'll do that. Then of course, you know, I could always leave after a month or two, that's, you know, they don't, you know, they said, you can go, okay, okay you know, whatever you want. So it's interesting that the room was actually a sense of widening. I never thought of it this way, but just the whole picture rather than myself. I got the whole picture, however accurate it was. That was my reality. Oh, okay, well, I'll just go with the goodwill. And, you know, because I can leave when I want. And I'm still in this cootie. And then this thought would come up. No more fun for the rest of your life. No more friendship for the rest of your life. No going anywhere for the rest of your life. <laughs> no playing with a dog in the park for the rest of your life. <laughs> no having a cup of coffee, listening to music for the rest of your life. <laughs> like innocent things, you know. I sort of start to sweat. Just okay, it's just a thought, just breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing in. Whenever you want, you can go, just let's, let's move this one. Tomorrow's another day, you know, just take it, just move through the panic. Yeah, whenever I want, I can go, breathing in, breathing out. Yeah, okay, remember that. Okay. And those, the cootie was in, the cooties are very close together in this monastery, and the next cootie is about three metres away, a little box, and this old monk lived in it, and he was in a, he was old, he was in a pretty bad state, it looked to me. And uh, occasionally he'd get outside and you see me walk around his cootie, just about holding onto the wall of his cootie with one hand, and a stick with the other hand, kind of creeping along, crawling along around his cootie. Took him about half an hour to get round his cootie, just tottering. I looked out at him. 
That's where I'm going. <laughs> God, I'm only 26, I'm a young bloke. I remember myself withering at the thought of it. Eventually they came and they, they come and give him a drip feed occasionally, they'd perk him up. I thought, oh my God, this is a death row. <laughs> Breathing in, breathing out. <laughs> Go when you want. You can leave when you want. Just breathing in, breathing out. Let's get through that. That sense of so much. <laughs> it didn't know what to do. The chitta didn't know what. In facing these perceptions, and just panic and jump. What it did know was panic and jump is not the way to go. <laughs> it knew enough about that. <laughs> and it knew enough about breathing in, just enough about breathing in, breathing out. And you can go when you want. You can go when you want. Really, it's up to you. It's your life. <sighs> okay, so where are you going to go? Well, I could go and did that already. I could start. Yeah, you did that already. But maybe I'll go and say, oh, she's dead. Yeah, we had a rough time with her anyway. It fell apart, didn't it? I could. Uh, Fantasies, fantasies. Breathing in, breathing out. (laughs) In your your, your ground. Take it it easy. And then eventually, kind of realisation... I think you'd better be to start being nice to yourself. I think you'd better start having a little bit of kindness towards yourself. This jitter is not in good state. And just a little bit kinder. Didn't change that much in some ways. Still in the boot box. Still silent. Still no companion. Still nothing to do. But just a slight shift of where the jitter was coming from. It's just get through this without the fear, without the panic, without the final black and white statements. Let's just keep things soft. Breathing in, breathing out. Then breathing in, breathing out started to soften. It was no longer like a metronome. You know, in breath, out, breath, in breath, out, breath, in breath, out, breath, back to lip, in breath, out, breath, stop, back to lip, Back to lift up and breath now, breath back to your nose, know, breath now, breath. <laughs> and stop doing that, it was just like, oh, breathing out. Breathing in, fluid, flowing. Oh, that changes everything. Suddenly we're no longer in a, in a world with hard walls, fixed points, fixed trajectories, you know, only one option. Points, deadlines, goals, fixed positions. We're in a world that's actually quite soft and flexible. And it's centered around breathing in, breathing out, body, absence of ill will, absence of fear, absence of, you, you know, you've got to, absence of dread. Yeah. Actually, look at very nice place, I mean, actually, people are supporting, generous, give me a place to stay, you know, foreigner in their own country, pretty nice place, I mean, it's no longer a prison, well, you know, perhaps that's putting it too dramatically, but, 
and actually the world began to change. You know? Because it was no longer constellated around a certain set of parameters which were based upon me getting my way. That's what it seemed like, which I'd always angled for. Yeah, I mean, generally reasonably polite way, but I'm doing this, I'm going there, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm going to do this, I'm buying that, I'll get there, I'll go here, I'll go there. I'm a free person. Do what I want. That was the, seemed a reasonable set of values to follow. based upon the free person who is actually not free because they're bound to the restlessness of becoming something and getting away from things and getting into things and getting away from things they're bound to that they're not free at all and in that world of being bound they're going to constantly consume new things you know travel to different places and so on and so on and so on. It's a need system which is veiled under the mask of it's my right to have what I want. I'm a free person, my right to have what I want. Who who gave you that, right? Where did that come from? These are kind of often pieces of mythology that are even collectively avowed. Freedom of the individual, the right to happiness. Where did this right come from? Where does the person come from? Probably a completely unexamined question. The person with the will, where does she or he arise? It's really... Okay. Well, the technical term is this is clinging. Clinging to the aggregates, of course, a piece of jargon that can go down well in Main Street, but okay, put it another way separation from the love is suffering, association with the dislike is suffering, not getting what you want is suffering. Do you get that? Notice that? Isn't that bound up with the person? Not getting what they want, separate from what they like. Isn't that bound up inevitably with the person? Where's the way out of that lock, that prison? It's not going to be a travel agent, it's not going to be an airplane. It's not going to be in some nice apartment. 
So what kind of will keeps us going when it seems that the normal avenues of will to get what I want, to get away from what I don't want, and so on, are being seen as unfeasible, unattainable. Wait, what happens to that, that will? Well, it transmutes. That's it. Simply speaking, expand the awareness to the whole world, which can be just the world of your body. When your eyes are closed, you're sitting still, maybe that's your world. Or it could be the world of your fellow people, situation, what you feel connected to, and just widen those connections or review the different worlds that arise within your attention field as your attention changes. The recommendation is to flex your attention, don't get too obsessive about particular points, but here's the whole room, here's the wider sense of the community, the lay community, you know, things, qualities, experience that we belong to, have connections to, we're affiliated to, so widely to include that, take that in, and let's not have your will in there. Let's not say, oh, they don't count, some of those people, no matter about this, that's called lack of compassion. Ah, oh, you know, it's only lay people, it doesn't matter. Callous. Yeah. No, you, whole world, everything you're connected to, and there'd be none of that dismissiveness, indifference, insensitivity. Into you know, and towards oneself or one's apparent self, the centre of it. So let that person not feel, you know, heavily overburdened by it all. This that can come up. Certainly, in my mind, you know, going to try to make it work for everyone in my world. And as well as one, <laughs> what about this one? <laughs> you know. So I had to kind of moderate that myself because I know a lot of people, a lot of situations that give me a sense of, you know, connection, you know, concern. I like to think, yeah, but, you know, these aggregates are saying, you know, like, you're 70 years old. Uh, you're not going to cover it all. So that sense of the impotence that one can experience. Not for myself, but the inability to really feel you can fully, you know, support others. That's that's ill will too. Equanimity then. Do what you can. Bring forth what's possible. Survey the world with that, and recognizing you know, people have got their own capacities. You know, you know, God, Mudita, <laughs> may they then find their own strengths and ways, encouragement. So this is the way I, I contemplate. To avoid these tendencies to feel either impotent or overburdened or 
unimportant or overimportant, narcissistic, you can go my way, controlling, or collapse, who cares anyway? Mm-hmm. This is very, to me, these are very significant suffusions. My <laughs> recommendation, my own recommendation, as it is, is your first thing you widen to include the world as it is now, the world you're connected to now, however it is for you, and release any degree of fear, perfectionism, obligation, self-definition within that, be aware of that, just keep working on that. Because there is a chitta, a heart, that is often given away to the identity. The heart is an affective, sensitive, its nature is reflective, sympathetic, it always has awareness. We tend to give that away into being a person. Trying to be good and right for everybody and so on. And be a good person. But actually, better to be an authentic chitta and see what comes out of that. Most of our personality is moulded by social forces that are quite questionable. Perfectionism, competition, approval, disapproval, you know, the whole dynamic, social dynamics, gender politics, this kind of stuff. The authentic chitta, no ill will. You see in this uh, chant we do, all the qualities Metta-kuna-mudita-upega are described in the same way, abundant, exalted, free from hatred and ill will, direct malevolence or the sense of the hostility of others, that shadow that other people don't like me, I've got to be better, mm. cramped, restricted. The Tathagata is said to be one who dwells with unrestricted jitta, unrestricted by the aggregates, unrestricted by defilement, suffering, aging, sickness and death. Living in the presence of all that, unrestricted by it. Tathagata surveys the entire world with a mind of compassion. I mean, it's only very straight instruction, isn't it? <laughs> He's not thinking, what should I do to make things work for everyone? He just surveys the world with a mind. With that, drops the person, just lets the heart open, and then see what particular qualities, intentions can arise. Some people jump too quickly to see a problem, try to fix it, see something wrong, try and fix it, which is, you know, good. But what about seeing something, checking in with the whole picture? Oh, mm, perhaps, you know, no, it's going to change. And this gentle quality called suffusing rather than jumping occurs. 
the jump of volition I recommend you be quite cautious about there's a suffusion which is much softer something like, like mist you know, or steam mist and just sound resonance is moving through the heart and then see what comes out of that as it's described in the Metta Sutta, Sufu pervading the entire world, suffusing the entire world. Suffusion, not jumping out, fixing everything in the entire world, throwing metta in all directions, but suffusing the entirety with a sense of no crampness here, no despair here, no cynicism here, no bitterness here, no weight and pressure here just gentle loving quality, sympathetic quality and then you see what what can crystallise out of that and this is very very uh, different from the normal worldly ways but in that you don't you don't burn out because all that stuff all that qualities are supporting your own System, perceptions, mind, feelings, and so forth. All the aggregates are actually gently massaged with that. That's how you keep going. That's how you keep, otherwise, you get worn out. Your willpower gets worn out after a while. Yeah. Your strategies and ideals get worn out. You know? If they ever get going, you know, you'd say the word like keeping an impeccable standard of vineyard to this monk, and he would collapse under the notion. Because <laughs> it really, right, impeccable standard of vineyard. Oh no, <laughs> you're keeping it <laughs> already. As soon as you say something like excellent, we feel immediately that the trajectory not being good enough, we push push the idea upwards, beyond our reach. And that's the this piece of embedded ill will. You know. To be a good monk or nun, you have to be and you throw this idea up that you can't reach, and then you dump yourself with ill will again. You are already. Congratulations. <laughs> so it's the all data thing, right? Congratulations, you're a you're a summoner, fantastic. Wonderful. No, I should be. I had a monk disrobed. There's 30 of us a monk. He disrobed because he could no longer bear the idea of not being in our hand. Felt complete fake. You know, he couldn't meet people because he wasn't in Peter's in our hand, Marian, so it was a complete disaster. Because yeah, it's so. Fall into that. And people were very happy, didn't have to be in our hunt. This is your will. And it's not a decision, it's a reflex. So you have to, to understand the bhava, vibhava, currents. Most traumatic effect. You keep going because you meet the tides of the world that are happening anyway. 
your world is happening anyway. So to meet it authentically without running away or closing down or jumping off, you just got to meet it. So open to it and breathing in, breathing out. No pressure, no obligation, no compulsion. Yeah, the world changes its face if you do that. Suddenly the, you know, the, the trap, the stuck, begins to shift because it was never here, there. Externally, it was here in your own unawakened psychologies. Mm-hmm. We reflect upon it while we say, you know, the chitasa. In the Pali chanting, with a volition, with a heart, imbued with goodwill, suffusing the entire world, this gentle quality in the chant, deepening into, into calm, suffusing the entire body, pervading the entire body, so that one part of one's felt body is not saturated with the agreeable quality, free from, disengaged from, discordant, afflicted mind states. And this is the kind of agreeable condition that leads to liberation. And this should be your ground, your reference point to return to, to uh, when you're living in the world. Uh, and it's as simple as this breathing in, breathing out no ill will no cramping no pressure because you are breathing in and out because it keeps going you keep going but if you jump on some other vehicle Liability is it's going to go off track and there's going to be some kind of crash. So let's uh, continue breathing in, breathing out and take it into silence. <laughs>